Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here. Locked on Nationals podcast. Today, it is the 24th of April, 2022. Today's show is brought to you by BetOnline and BetOnline.net, the best place for all of your sports action needs. NBA playoffs, uh, NHL playoffs coming up, MLB, obviously. You guys can get in on the action at BetOnline and BetOnline.net today. On the show, we are going to recap the Nationals series against the Giants. They get swept in pretty, you know, non-impressive fashion. I guess impressive by some respects. Uh, from the Nationals' perspective, you know, not very impressive. We'll break that down. We'll talk about some of the issues. There's, there's a whole lot to get to here. There are some limited positives. I'm not going to beat you all over the head with positives because I'm sure it's not what you all want to hear, but we'll assess it hopefully soberly here uh, as we move forward on this Sunday edition of the show. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Josh Neighbors here, everybody, Locked On Nationals podcast. Find us wherever you guys get your podcasts and on YouTube. You can find the show on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals, and you all can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. All right, so this was a rough weekend for the Nationals. Full disclosure, I actually didn't get to watch a ton of this, got to listen to uh, most of it on the radio. Uh, Today's game had to catch up with completely afterwards. Some of you guys know I call Richmond Spiders baseball on ESPN plus most weekends. So uh, drew that assignment during most of the game yesterday and the game today was able to catch up, obviously read, watch some highlights Friday night's game. I was able to watch. That was a difficult one. Um, You know, overall thoughts on the weekend. I just have bolded right now. Yikes. That's what I have underlined and bolded. Yikes is what I have. All right, let's check in on the Nationals, on what happened. So after this weekend series, the Nationals are 6-12. and 12. They are in sole possession of last place in the National League East. At this moment in time, they're six games back of the division-leading New York Mets, who are currently up 2-1 uh, to one in the bottom of the sixth on the Diamondbacks. So if that holds, they'll be uh, six and a half up. They are four and a half behind the Phillies, who have yet to play today. Four and a half behind the Braves, three and a half behind them. Or excuse me, the Met, that's where those teams are in relation to the Mets. Uh, the Nationals are a game and a half behind the Phillies. They are one and a half behind the Braves, two and a half behind the Marlins right now. They've lost five straight games. The Nationals have. They're three and seven in their last ten, and they have a run differential of minus thirty-eight, which is the second worst in baseball, only behind the Cincinnati Reds who picked up their third win of the season today. So obviously the Nationals are not in a good situation right now. We didn't think this would be a winning team, but there are some things you know, you'd like to see. You wouldn't like to drop two-thirds of your first games right now like the Nationals have. Now I know there's injuries and they're dealing with some stuff, but there's just poor performance happening uh, right now, and there's a few reasons for that. So – Let's talk offense overall because I'm going to get to Patrick Corbin here in a second. Usually I work through the weekend, you know, kind of in a game by game fashion, start where the, the hottest topics are. 
But the offense throughout this weekend was just, it was really poor. Um, you know, when you score like the Nationals did, uh, you know, one run in the opening game, two runs in the, in the following game, and three runs the next game, I guess there is some way, shape, or form you could try and spin that as progression, but it's not. And I just want to say with all this stuff, you know, there are some people who come at this more from a fan perspective and, you know, want to get really angry or want to give you all the positives or try to keep things positive. My goal here is just to, you know, we mix in some positivity, but let's just kind of recognize the realities of this team. And there's certain things to track and to look for, and we'll get into more of those as the season goes along. But right now we just kind of, you know, the sample size is so small for like individual players that it's really hard to harp on certain guys in some respects, unless they're following trends from last year, like one Patrick Corbin, who we'll get to in just a second. But um, offensively, when you score six runs across the weekend and it didn't really allow you to be very competitive in any of the games, the only game they were semi-competitive in was that Giants game when it was a three-run game. You know what I mean? Like, sure, there were times they were tied. It was 0-0 or whatever. But, um, you know, like when the game was actually going and competitive and kind of, you know, punch-counterpunch, Nationals getting two in the bottom of the fifth in that game, too, really was when the offense, that was a good moment for them. But, um, you know, they rack up six hits in the first game of the series, score one run, 0-for-1 with runners in scoring position. They only got runners on scoring position, you know, that opportunity – run scoring position uh, one time. Oh, for one, it was poor K-Bert Ruiz. Left three guys on base. Second game of the series, one for six with runners in scoring position. Left six on base. And then in the final game of the series, 12 to three in that loss, two for eight with runners in scoring position, slightly better. They left five men on base in that game. So you, you pile it up and in totality, the nationals offense right now has been remarkably poor. Um, and that's on Juan Soto at this point in time, that is on guys like uh, definitely on Nelson Cruz at this point in time, it's on guys in the back part of the lineup as well. They're just not hitting well collectively right now. I know batting averages are down across baseball, but the Nationals are in 20th. So on a year when offense has been pretty bad so far, the Nationals are at the back part of being bad. And then when you look at on-base percentage, the Nationals are 22nd. In slugging percentage, the Nationals are in, let's see, 28th. And you go to OPS, that's the last place we'll go. The Nationals are in 26th. And then... Just go to RBIs, you know, just to use that as a counting stat. And we love our counting stats, but they're at league average at 58. But they've played 17 games, uh, or they played, what is it, 16? Because they're, they're uh, now at 6 and 12. They played 18 games. So that's more than basically no other team in the league has played as many games as the Nationals have. And they're still, you know, they've had more chances to drive in runs, and they really haven't. This is an offense that top to bottom, just there's really few, you know, few moments where they've clicked. You'll see a couple guys get a couple hits, but a lot of zeros across the board. You know, guys like, we'll just take, for example, a Nelson Cruz, right? Nelson Cruz, 
uh, on this weekend uh, did not get a hit, right? It, you know, this is a guy that was supposed to be pulling his weight for the Nationals, but doesn't get a hit on the weekend and his struggles continue. And it's not like he's had a lot of chances to drive guys in in many situations. He was 0 for 3 today with a walk. Um, you know, Juan Soto had a difficult weekend as well. Josh Bell seems to be the only consistent bright part of this offense. And while Cesar Hernandez occasionally is good, like he's kind of doing what I you know, actually thought he was going to do. Um, he's hitting 247 on the year, but like a 275 on base. So he's a leadoff guy. It's not necessarily, you know, it's not very good. Um, Cruz is hitting 169 with a 260 on base percentage, uh, 522 OPS at this point in time. Does have nine runs driven in and two homers, but it's not like he's been, you know, too productive on this season. Michael Franco, that's somebody that I think you can say has been impressive at the plate, 262. So for what you thought you'd be getting, this guy is ostensibly a backup third baseman, 262. Not going to completely knock that. We did talk about some of Juan Soto's struggles. He's 242, 405 on base percentage, 841 OPS. Um, still a very good player, clearly, but just at three RBIs in the season. And I, I did a whole breakdown about him on Friday. So I don't really feel like I'm going to go down the Soto hole too much today just because we really did talk about how much you know he is to blame early on. And I came to the same conclusion I just said a few minutes ago, blaming guys early in the season, small sample size. Is, is tough to do. Josh Bell, a guy who's been productive. Kbert Ruiz at 264 and four runs uh, driven in this year. No homers yet. And then Yadiel Hernandez, another guy who's been a strong point. He's got six RBIs in the season. But Riley Adams, you know, is two for 17. Uh, Victor Robles is hitting 125. And the one thing, you know, sometimes you feel like with Robles is uh, when the, you know, when the average is low, but, you know, there's there's times where he can get on base. Lane Thomas, 255 uh, on base percentage right now. It's a guy who was hitting the leadoff spot for you last year and just really hasn't, you know, put up the same offense, although he had a little bit better of a weekend, started to get a couple hits uh, in this weekend. Uh, you know, he got two in the first couple games. So he's, he actually had three game hitting streaks. So he got a hit in all of them, but one for four in all of them, you know, is not this tremendous uh, accomplishment, I would say. So while I mentioned there, there is some good mixed in there. The problem is it's not consistent at all. It's not like it's coming, you know, it's, I'm looking at these box scores, you know, not always the best way to do it, but you look at kind of, you want to see hits being strung together, or, you know, you want to see a walk after a hit or, you know, stuff like that. First game of the series, two hits for Soto, two hits for Bell, uh, a hit for Thomas and a hit for Franco. Okay. But there's, you know, there's a, there's, you know, four or five guys on this list who have got zeros and aren't helping out in those situations. The Nationals last year, what made their offense, you know, at least viable during this season was the ability to kind of um, just have guys put together good at bats. And, you know, it was the fact that Riley Adams and Lane Thomas, those guys came in and were productive. When Schwarber was there and Trey Turner was there, those guys were awesome, which eased things up for the guys behind them in the order. That's what made that June or forget the way that the stretch happened. You know, when Schwarber was healthy before he went down in that Dodgers series, that's what made it so much fun, right? That's what made it entertaining, exciting to watch the Nats play was that the bats were going. The pitching, no, you couldn't guarantee the pitching was always going to be there, but at least the bats were there as I take a quick sip here. Got to keep the pipes going, people. You know, I had two games this weekend and the heat got ratcheted up, so vocal cords 
we're not used to that. In addition, now doing the podcast here, love doing it, obviously, but a whole lot of baseball this weekend. So that's why. But yeah, it doesn't feel like, you know, even in that spot when Soto came up, came up with the bases loaded the other day, just I felt so down on the Nationals offense watching that. You're like, oh, just with his, you know, way of things have gone. Like, sure, you got it's Juan Soto. You think it's going to happen for sure. But now just you feel down generally on this Nationals offense right now. And look, I mentioned, hey, how many of these guys could be viable trade options at the deadline? Like, and I'm talking right now, like, you know, they're not locking up Josh Bell. Is he a guy? That they could. I, I want them to keep Josh Bell. I think they should keep Josh Bell. I think he's a solid vet. You guys, if you guys have heard the podcast before, you guys have heard me say this. But those of you who don't, every podcast, somebody's first. You know, Josh Bell's been playing well. Like he's done, you know, really well this year. And he was playing well last year, and he's a solid vet. And I felt like it was a guy whose contract they should have locked up. But Yadiel Hernandez, you know, is he a guy that somebody else could want or do you want to hang on to him? But you know, he's not doing you a ton. I mean, he's playing well, but he's not doing you a ton of good. You know, it's not really helping line out too much. Um, Cesar Hernandez, you know, if he can get his numbers up a little bit, maybe he's a guy. I thought Nelson Cruz could be a potential trade piece. Maybe somebody still wants him. I mean, uh, you know, change of scenery in this sport's a great thing. I still think he'll be a coveted player, but, you know, not doing himself as many favors. Michael Franco, you know, that trade piece is going to be contingent on him continuing to play well. He might be the one that we don't expect that, you know, excuse me, they end up being able to move. But this offense – you know, no matter how bad the pitching is, the offense has got to, you know, has got to provide some way to be closer in some games, you know, to, way to way to the bail teams, the team out uh, at some point in time. You look at these games and you go back to the last two in that series against Arizona. Uh, you know, there is a four to three loss and 11 to two loss. And you go back to the win before that. It was a one nothing win on the 19th that they got the second game of the doubleheader. And the Nationals, you know, at this point in time, we're going to have to go a week without getting a win because Tuesday is their next game. We'll get to that tomorrow on tomorrow's show looking ahead. Um, But, yeah, I'm just, you know, the offense, like I'm sure everybody's watching it. It's just, you know, there's not this connectivity, the the confidence. It seems like there's just guys are putting too much pressure on themselves uh, right now. And, 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 you know, they have not found a lineup that's gelled or worked just yet. So, you know, I think a lot of fans are obviously frustrated, and the, the the Giants credit them. It's a good pitching team. Offense just was not was not there this weekend. All right, quick word from our sponsors, and we'll hit on some pitching notes. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn. Springtime is in the air. Also, it's time for renewal, time for growth, personally and professionally. As your small business grows, LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier for you to find the uh, candidates that you want to talk to faster and for free. You guys create a job post in minutes, LinkedIn jobs to reach your network and beyond the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. That's so many people. Then add your job uh, and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile and spread it to the world that you're hiring so you guys can find somebody to help you out. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you ever know, uh, do you guys know that they have Nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn every single week. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job free. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Uh, so let's talk about Patrick Corbin, folks, should we? Um, and I, I'm, I got my notes here. I'm flipping this over. So he gets killed again. Um, it's, it's getting to a, you know, I just said, don't react over sample size, sample size, getting pretty big is getting pretty bad. 
right? This is a guy who is just struggling every single time he goes out there. And he went out there the other night and woo, did it, it was, I mean, you know, some could say same old, same old um, for him, at least for the last year or so. But this year he's made four starts and he's worked a total of 13 and two thirds innings. So you can do the math there. You know, he's, he's not really getting uh, too much length in that's right now. You know, he's not, you know, on average, not making it to the fifth inning or out of the fifth inning. I should say through the fifth inning, if you will, 11.20 earned run average. You know, give up two runs and in four innings the first game, so not awful. Then Atlanta, he gets shelled. Two and two-thirds, nine hits, six runs, all earned. Okay, Pittsburgh, they're not very good, but still, he does the five and a third, three hits, two runs, both earned, three walks, four Ks. We said, okay, he's got to build off that. Comes out against San Francisco and just gets smacked. Inning and two-thirds, seven hits, seven runs, all earned, one homer, three walks, four Ks. Going and looking at some of the numbers here on Patrick Corbin and what his pitches are doing. So velocity department, the four-seam fastball is down. Average 92.3 miles per hour last year, 90.8 this season. The slider, just a small drop, 80.7 last year, 80.1 this season. The sinker, uh, that one's uh, that one's down 92.6 last year, 91.6 this season. He's got the five-pitches slider, Fastball, sinker, changeup, and curveball. Um, the changeup, you know, velocity on that one, I'm not really going to talk about. It's up this year, but, uh, you know, it, also it's not very good if your velocity is down, your fastball, your changeup velocity is up. That makes it a more hittable pitch because um, they're closer, you know, unless it's moving more. But just in terms of velocity, like the pitch is going to look a little bit less different the, the closer the velocities are. Just simple math on that one. Um, so last year on the slider, teams were hitting 211. All right. This year, 316. The whiff percentage last year, 40.7. This year, 29.3. All right. Four seam fastball this year. Last year, or this year, they're hitting 412 against it, opposing teams. Last year on the four seamer, 337. So still not great, but this year it's gotten much worse. The sinker, last season, 306. This year, 391. The changeup last year, 433. This year, 500, although he's only thrown it. He's thrown it 18 times, you know, which is, you know, that's that's pretty good, pretty bad at the batting average against uh, is 500. So th- this right now, you know, is is not a, uh, you know, is, is not a good situation. Um, it, it's happening, you know, with the way that, you know, with the way everything's going for him. I mean, I... I don't really know like what to say at this point for him because the quality of the stuff is dropping. It looks like, or, you know, at least this is, this is what it appears like to me. Um, And, you know, when, when this happens, I mean, it's now for a prolonged period of time. Like I think the question has the nationals, they don't have enough pitchers to have a guy replace him, but like, what, what do you do when you throw him out there? Because one of the positive points I was going to bring up was the pen. The pen in that first game threw seven and a third scoreless. In the second game, they threw four and two thirds with one earned run. You tally that up together. That's 13 innings of work from them this weekend in the first two games. That's Sheldon asking, but how many times do you keep going to the well? 13 innings in the first two games, 
one earned run and they weren't, you know, the, the games that didn't end up being uh, that felt like that competitive there towards the back end. So, you know, they're calling up guys uh, right now, like Aaron Sanchez, who didn't look very good yesterday, but you, you know, at this point, like, what are you supposed to do? Because, you know, you're so strapped for pitching. He's 0 and three with a, you know, 11 plus earned run average didn't make it out of the second inning in a Friday night start at home. Um, you know, I, I, this is something that I think we're really going to attack tomorrow with Matt Wyrick. Uh, he's a good person to talk to because I wish I was an ideas guy. I'm actually not a very good ideas guy, but pretty good doer for the most part, not a great ideas guy. So I like to lean on other people for thoughts. If you all have thoughts about what the Nats should do with Patrick Corbin, please leave them in the comment section. Cause I'm at a loss for words. You know, they're in such a tight spot where, Hey, we're so strapped for starting pitching you know, that, you know, that, that we're, you know, we have to find somebody in the wire if we're going to send Patrick Corbin out, or we'd have to rush up a Cade Cavalli at this point in time. Let's look at the Nationals uh, AAA uh, depth chart, depth chart, just to, you know, check to see what the options are available at that point. And then also could do some uh, oh, for tomorrow's show with Matt. I'll definitely do some, uh, some perusing um, to see, you know, who's available maybe on the wire or something like that. But this thing with him, you know, as a star starter right now, like I don't know what you're going to, you know, can you keep doing it? Because he's not lasting very long games. He's getting shelled. His confidence can't be very high. Um, let's see if, you know, anybody trying to think off the top of my head. I mean, there's not really a whole lot of guys that you want to call up, uh, you know, that to, to come and make starts at this point in time. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on this more tomorrow with Matt Wyrick, but, you know, it, like, I, I don't know what to say at this point. It's a large enough sample size. I mean, he's, he's worse. He's actually worse than he was last year. And last year was a disaster. I was just comparing those numbers to his numbers, um, you know, from last year. If you want to go back to 2020, teams hitting 198 off the slider this year, you know, 316. Now, obviously, larger sample size. Um, you know, the, the sinker, uh, 376, which isn't very good. And uh, actually went down last year, but this is 2020, and this is obviously sh a shortened season. But 376 there, and then uh, you know it's now 391. So bad before, got even worse. Four seam fastball, uh, 429 then. Now it's 412. So that's actually one that's it's improved a little bit from 2020, but still it's not a very good place to be in. You know, and, and obviously things are uh, 2019. If we made that comparison, then you know it's apples uh, and uh, you know. Uh, fried chicken at that point, if you can, you know, to make the biggest difference possible. I mean, there's no point in comparing those two things at this point in time. So look, it's, you know, Patrick Corbin's been a wreck. It's not like a lot of the other guys have been too strong, but he is like consistently a wreck. Like there's not many high points. The fact that a guy um, for the Washington nationals, you know, we're talking about, um, you know, a good start for him on the year this year was the one against the lowly pirates where he went five and a third, three hits, two runs, two earned four K's and three walks, like not a horrible start, but for a guy now who for the nationals is penciled in, you know, for the next few years to make 23 this, this year, 23.4 million, 24.4 next year and 35.4 in 2024. I mean, you know, <laughs> Do you cut the guy? Like, what is like? What do the Nationals do here? He's, he's just been a disaster. I don't know if throwing him out there every five games and hoping things get better is the best way to handle this. So, 
Um, you know, he was a, a really bad part of a bad weekend, and Sanchez was bad, and Juan Adon was bad. But I wanted, I did want to shout out that bullpen. That is one positive. I show it's been negative. That is one positive. Even you know they're just being asked to pitch too much. Like they're just being asked to pitch too much. This weekend they get four innings from Juan Adon. They get four and a third from Aaron Sanchez. They get one and two thirds from Patrick Corbin. There is only one time this weekend where the bullpen was not asked. Oh, no, wait, no, there are no times. There were no times this weekend where the bullpen wasn't asked to throw a majority of the game. Uh, that didn't happen. So, you know, the nationals, that's what happens. That's why I said that you get one more starting pitcher. Um, the pitching depth is, you know, uh, I don't want to say disgraceful, but it's, it's, if you thought Anibal Sanchez was going to fix it and bring it in, you know, you brought in John Lester last year, it's kind of doing the same thing over and over again here. So that's a big frustration point. As of the offense right now, uh, things are pretty frustrating for Nationals fans. Um, all right, one more quick word from our sponsors, then we'll get out of here and try to stop the negativity best as possible. I know I said I want to give some objective commentary, but I mean, after this weekend, what can you say? Five straight games and two of those games being the Diamondbacks. Also, Giants got smacked around a little bit by the Mets. So you get a reeling team on the road, part of a road trip. You know, that's uh, kind of a spot where you feel like you can take advantage there. But uh, no, they rebounded. That's what good teams do. The Giants are now 11 and 5, 7 and 3 on the road. So doing a great job away from home. Nationals are now three and eight uh, at home. Uh, all right. Final word from our sponsors on today's show. We are brought to you by Built Bar. Go to built.com today. It's built.com. You guys can check out their collection of Built Bars, delicious tasting protein bars that are good and good for you. 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. You guys go to built.com today. It's built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCK15, for 15% off at Built.com today. All right, that'll do it for today's show. Make sure you find us on Twitter, at LO underscore Nationals. You guys can find me, at Josh Neighbors underscore. We're going to talk to Matt Wyrick tomorrow, figure out the hell is going on, what things can change. Look forward to that. Uh, And we'll also have a preview of the Marlins Nationals series as well. Make sure you find us on Twitter, at LO, at LO underscore nationals. Find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Uh, find the show wherever you guys get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. Till next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.